Hey there, it's Jim Duncan with Nest Realty. This is Real Pod VA sitting here with Dave and Bart. I'm Bart Isley with Scrimmage Play. And I'm Dave Stipe with Rockfish Music. All right, and this week I think we'll talk about selling your home, your resale home in a market with tons of new construction. Uh, and I'll do a quick market update. Just put out our our first half of 2018 Nest report, and it's something that I, there are a couple top line numbers that I will preface with. For the most part, top line numbers are completely and totally meaningless. Because I can say, I can look at the Charlottesville MSA, which is our region, and there are almost three, three months of inventory. I mean, it'll take three months to burn through what's on, on the market. Total sales are up 10%, and median sales price is 310. Okay. Sounds pretty good. Good luck finding a great house in the city of Charlottesville for 310. Correct. City of Charlottesville, the average sales price is three hundred eighty-seven thousand. Average sales price in Abmall County is four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Fluvanna's two forty-four. Green is did you say the average is four hundred fifty? Yep. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> no, so it's so a lot of that is predicated on the fact that we have so much new construction that's selling right now, and you can't, for the most part. It's extremely difficult to find a home, new home for sale or that sells for in Albemarle County for under four fifty five hundred. Wow. Generally, if I'm looking at new construction. But they are selling. They are selling. A lot of them are selling. There's a ton of, you know, I rode my bike this morning up to the back part of West Hall, Foothill Crossing. Mm-hmm. Have you been back there recently? Yeah. Holy moly. It's crazy. It is astonishing. So there's a ton of new construction that's going on right now. So these numbers, when you say that, you know, yeah, at median sales price is 310. That sounds really good, but then you actually start looking into what your, as I call it, the micro market, you know, your specific band of the market, it's going to be very, very different than any top line number you see. And frankly, you know, much as I love our Nest report or any of the media reports or any of that stuff, because it's all sound bites. Figuring out what you are comfortable paying on a monthly basis is a whole lot more than a three or 10 page market report that might touch on your mini micro segment for half a second. Correct. So it just, but broadly right now, what's today? Mid July, 2018, you know, pockets of the market are doing exceptionally well. I mean, I showed a house in the city last night that three offers, hmm. you know, but it was a house, you know, for around 300. There's a lot of people who want to buy a house in the city of Charlottesville for around $300,000. You know, so, but you're also seeing some segments are, you know, some segments are dead, just dead, dead, no traffic whatsoever. And some are, you know, doing much better. So I think it, it's something that we watch. When we, when we look at the market analyses, it, it's, it's good to know that, you know, Flavana County had contracts that were written, you know, up a, you know, about a half a percent year over year. It's good, I mean, it's good to know this stuff as a top line. But digging in, I, I think that for, if you're looking for a house in Spring Creek in Louisa County, City of Charlottesville numbers or County of Albemarle numbers are completely and totally meaningless. Hmm. Um, so... Transitioning quickly to putting a house on the market when it's a resale. I was showing houses last week, recently, to some folks, and one of the neighborhoods in the county of Albemarle that is new construction, two lots left, and the last two lots were abysmal. Just they sucked. And so when I look at a house like that, I, I selfishly put myself in the position of, okay, when these guys call me in seven or ten years, what am I going to tell them? Right. I'm going to say, I really wish you hadn't bought that house. 
because that house is very similar to all the other houses on the street, and your lot sucks. Yeah. And so if you buy it, and I'm making these numbers up, you buy it for 450 on a street of 450 homes, and I go and put the house on the market in seven years, that's going to be a hell of a discount. Mm-hmm. You know? Talk to, me, what, talk to me about what makes a bad lot when you're looking at something like that. So I define, I define a, a, for, for the bulk of the market, unless you're looking for you know, 70 acres, 100 acres, or two acres, right. or whatever. But the bulk of the market, and I, would, and I ran these numbers a few months ago, most of the market in, our, in Charlottesville and Albemarle are on, on lots that are less, less than half an acre. So right. presume that a half an acre lot is, or under, is what we're looking at. I define a good and functional lot as a, ha- a lot for which you can throw a ball for a kid or a dog. Okay. You know, and, and again, my, through my lens, plant some tomatoes, let the dog out to go to the bathroom at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's the kind of lot that most people want. Um, but a bad lot is one where it drops off. You open your back door, there's a three-by-three three square, you know, square right. patio. Right. And a foot and a half later, you're going off a cliff. Right. You know, that's a bad lot. Or you walk out four foot and you're facing a retaining wall, which I've seen a lot of those. Or you're looking straight up a hill. You know, so it's a bad, you're trying to look at today, you know, I advise my clients to not get caught up in the only two lots left. Right. Awesome. Talk to me in eight years when you can't sell it. You know, so a bad lot is something that, uh, well, I was showing a house two years ago. Neighborhood in the city, in no. Urban ring of Albemarle County. It was had it had been snowing at some point, and we walk out the the deck was about twenty foot up, so we go down to the basement, and we walk out the basement, and it, the house sit, you know sighted on the lot in about five foot six foot it just you know drops you know fifteen twenty degrees <laughs> you know and it's it, it was you know my clients you know the first time home buyers you know and they were frustrated with the market at the time. And they, and they were trying to walk through the, this will be fine. This is going to be great. You know, we are, you know, we don't have kids yet, but when we have kids, they're going to run a hundred foot down to the bottom of the hill and they'll play. Would your kids, you know, go out and run down a, a fenced yard and to a hundred foot down and chase a ball? No, mine wouldn't, you know? And, I don't know. I like, I like, I mean, you said it had snowed. Was there, it, was it sledable? It was sledable until you smash into the fence. <laughs> sledable until you hit the retaining wall. Sledable so, once. So no. <laughs> but and by the way, buying a house for a sledable hill in Central Virginia, bad idea. You're going to get sledable snow twice in five years. Yeah, it's going to be a fun two days. Yeah. But, but that's it. But no, so we were standing up there, and they're like, oh, you know, we can do, you know, kids will do this. And I'm th- thinking and shaking my head subtly. No, they won't. But then I look around and I see that we're standing like a five foot radius at the foot of the deck. And I look down and I see dog poop, six foot radius everywhere. And I looked at it and I said, guys, the dog's not going to the bottom of the hill. Do you really think your kids will? Right. Gosh. They did not buy that house in large part because the yard was miserable. Yeah. You know, so it. You know, it's something that I, I need that I that I am very aware of is resale value. So when I go and sell the house in seven or ten years, I want to make sure that I've helped my guys make a, a good decision. But I also make sure that you know I've learned this that resale is not what is not the main focus. You know, it's something that I have to be very aware that there's intrinsic value and that it's not necessarily an investment. It's a place to you know 
It's a place to put holes in the wall and to tear up the carpet and spill coffee. And and when there's so much new construction out there, you know, when a person can say, like, I can walk in and have a house that is brand new, and especially if you can get it, get a contract before it's being finished, you can put the final details to be exactly what you want them to be. I mean, that's an appealing thing for buyers. Yeah, new home smell is a thing. I mean, people, yeah. you know, people will go for a house that is six hundred thousand dollars, brand new, versus one that is two years old for five fifty. Which, I think, as an objective person, is somewhat absurd. Yeah, um, but people like new. They like to know that they are going to have seven to twelve years of maintenance-free living, and no one's gone to the bathroom in the house. And even though. I'd be happy to tell them that contractors go to the bathroom in the house. <laughs> when, 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 when we bought our new construction townhouse in West Hall, a uh, friend of mine, Frank from Delaware, made sure that he ran into the, ba- into the house first so that he could <laughs> use our friend. bathroom before I did, and he never let me forget about it. No, no. I'm Bart sorry. knows Frank. Bart gets this. <laughs> That's not a good friend. That's a great friend. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> this is Bart Eisler's Scrimmage Play. Uh, I was going to write an old school radio jingle for this, something slick with a catchy chorus of people just singing our name over and over again, but we have zero musical talent on staff. What we do have, and that is one slick transition there, is a passion for talking about, writing about, and shooting video of high school sports in Central Virginia. For almost a decade, we've been the top source for high school sports coverage in this area. We've also got a podcast that's now a part of the Central Network. If you love high school sports, give us a listen. And if you like what we're doing, check out the support link in each episode description and support the work we're doing. In the meantime, we'll keep working on that jingle. I mean, I'm literally like... Everything that you've said, I'll be going back to last week's episode, we're talking about arms are at 50%. Yeah. We're talking about housing prices that are just inflating and inflating and inflating, right. tons of new construction. I'm sitting there going, this is, we're on repeat. We've done it before, yeah. We're on repeat right now. Yeah. So it's... And I'm so glad that we got our refinance done and out of the way now. I, I don't want to move. I mean, I, I, and I, because I don't intend on moving out of this house possibly ever. I'm, I'm good with knocking my house down and rebuilding a 900-square-foot house. <laughs> I can, and when I pay my house off, I'll knock it down. I'll 3D print a house for $7,000 and be good. Because in 10 years, 3D printing is going to be that viable. Really? Oh, yeah. 3D printing is coming. There's a um, oh, home story. I'll put a link in the show notes. 3D printing a there's a thousand square foot home. I'm touching on this in my monthly note a little bit. Um, let me find it. There's a charity called New Story. Okay. okay. I'm looking at their site now. I met I met the founder a couple. Well, actually, I met him two years ago, and I saw him again a couple weeks ago. Three they they can 3D print a house. In 12 to 24 hours for $4,000. Yes. <laughs> Where do I sign up? That, <laughs> I, I, mean, no, I mean, like I have a thousand questions, though. I mean, plumbing, electrical. I mean, it's, it's, it's for the dry-in. I mean, it's to get the, fr- the, the structure of the house done. But then you need to do the What's plumbing. What's the material? It's a, com- a, a concrete-type product. A bunker. <laughs> 
I've always wanted a bunker. Cheshire Cat grin from a guy who just wants a bomb shelter in his backyard. That's what I'm looking for. So Can but they put this product underground? Yeah, so in 10 years, I will you know, bulldoze my house and 3D print a house for, you know, for me, my, you know, my bikes, my wife, maybe a new dog. Does your wife get input on this? Is she into this? No, I just decided. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just, I just concluded that I'm going to spend you know, 10 grand on a new house and it'll be fine. No, but 3D printing is going to Hey, be- honey, I got a great idea. Here's what we're going to do. Who is not, not going to be down We're going to burn this? our $400,000 house to the ground so we can build a $10,000, 900-square-foot concrete bomb shelter Dude, it's like for I us said, and my bike. No. For I you, me, and my not, bikes. It's no. not necessarily an investment. It's a, an investment in your quality of life. Yo, it's like, a, it's like a dude, like <laughs> for a long time. Life. <laughs> no. For a long time, we were buying MacBooks all the time, all right? But some of us have evolved, and now we're buying Chromebooks. So you pay $200, you use the Chromebook for two years, then you dump that Chromebook. You pay $10,000 <laughs> for a house, and then you dump that house. And that is how we get to sustainability. <laughs> and an environmental disaster. <laughs> it is. That's how it works. The Chromebook. It's the Chromebook of houses. <laughs> it's the Chromebook of houses. Oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> it's the future of your industry, Jim. There's no doubt. And, and it's going to be fewer contractors, fewer builders, more on-site, you know, bringing this ginormous printer, come in. The, they're building a, a community in El Salvador this year. They're going to have, it's going to be the first 3D printed community of homes. Automation is going to everything. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I probably wouldn't use that on the podcast, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, beep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beep the 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 f. Yeah, but no, it's it's gonna change. I mean, it's gonna be a a world shift in how homes are built. I mean, you, if you come in and you you know clear cut a you know twenty acres, you can come in and three D three D print a neighborhood in, in a, a week. couple of weeks. And then you have and then you have the contractors come in doing the plumbing, the electrical, and all that stuff. That takes two more weeks. Yeah, so it's gonna I mean, it's gonna shift a whole lot of stuff. And, it, and it's, it's really going to, you know, the, the new construction economy is going to be vastly different. But I also think that it's something that it's going to be interesting to see that if the shift happens and people start demanding this and they start 3D printing or the, the, community, the construction community says, or there's going to be one builder that takes the lead. He comes in or she comes in and says, I'm 3D printing houses. Who wants one? And if they take off, it'll shift everything. And I mean, let's just consider like once you get in all the materials for like cabinetry and plumbing and all of the thing, the the amenity decor stuff. Right. You know, if it's only $10,000 to put up a house. 40? 40, 45K for a home. Yeah. As part of like a major rant for this podcast now that it's been going on for six plus months. Mm-hmm. I mean... Low-income housing has been a major thing that we've discussed here. But it's not even low-income. I mean, it's affordable. Well, that's you're right. Not low-income. You know, I'm sorry. It's affordable. affordable housing. You know, where we're not building four hundred fifty thousand dollars homes as a median for Albemarle County. No, but you. But I mean, this is where I will specifically use the term NIMBY in a, as a as a pejorative. I mean, the NIMBYs are going to say we don't want those concrete houses. We don't want those kinds I mean, of people. We, we did a pod just a couple weeks ago called "Housing as a Luxury Item." Yeah. So it's, I mean, this is going to be like I'm skeptical as all get out from this 3D printing of a home, but if it is legitimate, I mean, it does resolve oh, 
a major, major like housing affordability and getting a home out of a luxury item as opposed to a practicality item. Again. There's a, they, I'll put this in the show notes also. There's a, a colleague of mine saw the 3D printed house in Austin and said it was amazing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, again, it, you know, people don't need. I'm going to start doing some Google searches for 3D printed yeah, houses. Pe- people, most of my clients do not need 2,500 square feet. You know, they need 1,200, 1,300. Right. I mean, that's, that's... I mean, that's part of what the tiny home boom has been about, too. Yeah, well, it's... So tiny homes, I've, I've talked to folks, clients, who, who say that they want a tiny home. I typed in, into Google search, I typed in 3D. The mm-hmm. first thing that came up was 3D printed house. Yeah. Now, either that is a popular search or... Google is was listening just listening to you, to was listening to you and they said, oh, okay. This podcast. <laughs> Get out of my head, Google. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to change. It's something that I think is going to shift when it takes off, and it will because fundamental economics are going to demand it. It's going to change everything. I'll let you Google search. A pretty cool home for $4,000. This is the new world for Airbnbs is what happens. Yeah, we're gonna we gotta keep those Airbnbs out of here. Nobody wants to air, air, no Airbnbs. Mr. Anti Airbnb. Yeah, we don't no, want think Airbnb. about it. You could you could put up an entire like little. You don't want it to take over the neighborhoods that are already existing, but you could build up neighboring neighborhoods and just be like, here's a whole network of neighborhoods that can be Airbnb. Good luck with the NIMBYs. With the what? NIMBY, not in my backyard. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It'll never get done. But no, so it's, you know, I'll, I'll be like, a new story charity is phenomenal. They've built a couple thousand homes now so far. That's incredible. And they're doing it in third world countries and they are extraordinary. And it's really amazing. I don't know why my first instinct was skeptical about this. Because the more I'm like, my, I'm actually like letting the wheels turn in my head. It makes a lot of sense. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they just bring in, you know, it's not just, but they bring in a machine and they 3D print the house on site. Think about that. It's almost Star Trekky. Put, can you put this link up? Yeah. Put the link because, in. like, I mean, it's a whole video showing how the thing gets printed and laid. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put that in the, sh- in the show notes. I'll send it to you. 